New name, same host, same purpose. This is Overcoming Performance Christianity, the podcast that leads you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. If you're a longtime Christian, but something's missing in your relationship with God, then you might be caught up in performing for the Lord. Find out more as we dive into this episode of Overcoming Performance Christianity. I'm John Fugler, and I am on the road from performance to relationship in my walk with Christ. I'm taking you with me, helping you gain freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. And this podcast does that, as well as a devotional series I wrote called Your Life with God. I'm a longtime Christian media guy. I'm a husband, father, grandfather of nine, and also the CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7. Are you ready to get to know Jesus? Paul said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Look it up in Philippians 3.8. I mentioned a moment ago, I'm the author of the devotional series, Your Life with God. I can't think of a better way to start the new year with a fresh new devotional. So go out on Amazon, pick one up. I got one on faith, got one on joy, courage, encouragement, prayer, and others out there. So grab one of those and get started on the road. It also is part of the whole ministry of Fresh Faith 24-7. Well, if I sound like I'm a little bit hoarse, it's because I went to my alma mater's soccer game last night. Uh, we're in the final four. We won the semifinals. By the time this releases, we'll know whether we are the champions or not. But whew, I'll tell you, it's here locally. So I said, I got to go. Got to go. So I did. Glenn, a good buddy of mine, uh, we both went and uh, it was it was a win. It was a win. Uh, it's sitting there and standing there and cheering with all my IU, Indiana University uh, fans and friends. I, I knew none of them. <laughs> But all of a sudden, when you're rooting for the same team, oh, your friends, all oh, your buddies, your lifelong uh, just comrades. And, well, IU won, so that's good. Anyway, I lost my voice, kind of. I think I'm doing okay. You might not be able to tell in this. But uh, oh, I'm here, and I'm going to make it through. Hey, in this episode, uh, we'll talk about what to do if you really don't want to know Christ. Uh, it, yeah, if you're a believer... But serving and performing is a whole lot more comfortable than being transparent with Jesus. Uh, and it's your little secret because you'd never tell anybody that. But if that's you, uh, what if you really don't know Christ? Want to know Christ? Well, you know Christ, but what if you really don't want to know Christ more? Deeper, being vulnerable, being transparent. What if you don't really want that? Well, we're going to deal with that on this episode. And I got to ask you, how are you doing in your relationship with God? Is it healthy? How healthy? Uh, would you like to know how healthy? <laughs> I developed a spiritual self-assessment that'll give you some answers, and it'll take just three minutes to go through this self-assessment. So if you have the courage, get it. It includes some probing questions that'll give you the honest truth about your relationship with Christ. Get it now. Take it. It's free. Go to my website, freshfaith247.com, and you click the link in the show notes. There's another way to do it, but right on the website, if you go there, you'll see it's obvious to click the button on taking the assessment. So please, go ahead and do that. Download it, take it, and then look through the results. Uh, I'll lead you through a few questions that will help you get to know about your health in your walk with Christ. In our last episode, you heard from a guy who has a refreshed walk with Christ. 
and how he told us uh, how that happened. He pushed away from performance into relationship. Great example. He's a podcast host, a Christian, Christian communicator. His name is Eric Nevins. He was my guest. So make sure you go listen to episode 32. It was rich. And in this episode, you're going to hear from somebody else who's got some really neat things to share because, you know, we can talk about knowing Christ. We can talk about escaping performance Christianity and staying free in that. But how about when somebody has gone through it and maybe you could relate to them? Well, my guest in this episode will share his story. I'm looking forward to getting into that. So hang on. Also in the last episode, I shared that there are layers of knowing Christ, layers of knowing Christ. And what does that mean? Well, listen, you'll get the answer. <laughs> um, yeah, but I did share three keys to getting to know Christ and restoring the joy of your salvation. Three keys to this. This isn't a step-by-step thing, but three points, three uh, things I just want to highlight here. One is, for me, and I, I think this is probably true for you, for me, I have to take time. Jesus doesn't get my leftovers. He gets my best time. I spend time with them. Uh, secondly, I found out that I need to be tenacious. Is every quiet time with Jesus filled with overflowing blessing? I mean, honestly, is it? No, no, this is reality. But I keep coming back the next day and I seek his face. No matter how t- the time goes, I keep coming back. So I have to be tenacious. And third, I have to put forth the effort. And I'm not talking about performance. Performance Christianity means that my relationship with Christ is defined by my effort. But in a healthy relationship, putting forth effort is the road to a deep relationship. Okay? The effort isn't defined, defining my relationship, but it's the road to deep relationship with Christ. So check out the last episode, and we're going to build on it during our time together today. Hey, if you know someone who could really benefit from listening to this podcast, share it with them. Uh, don't be stingy, be generous, <laughs> and uh, let them know that they can, you know, share the link, tell them about it on their podcast app, uh, send them to my website, find the link and just send it to them, email it, text them, whatever. Talk about it. If, if, if somebody's coming to mind, say, yeah, this, this person needs to hear it, please share it. This episode is about hunger. Uh, not hungers, hunger for cookies, <laughs> although I just had a couple, and they were really good, or, or a nice pastry, which, you know, baked goods are my weakness, I'll tell you, and as we get the new year started, I've got to do something about that. Anyway, back to what we really want to talk about is hunger for Jesus, hunger for Jesus, and, and I want to state that without hunger, you'll get caught up in performance again. You won't be pursuing the relationship from your heart, but you'll pursue the relationship out of duty. And that's bad. That's the hamster wheel again. You don't want that. Spiritual dryness, ups and downs, distance from God, lack of purpose, frustration, those are all results of performance Christianity. So let's talk about hunger, okay? Hunger first is what I want to address here before we get to our interview. This is so important, so take it in. Um, If you're not driving, maybe you can even take notes or or just something to take in this content because it's key to this freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. I've been a writer 
as long as I can remember. I started when I, I published a neighborhood newspaper. Uh, in reality, it was only one typewritten page of stories like uh, Man Bites Dog. <laughs> I thought the idea was phenomenal. But since this was before copy machines, PCs, and printers, I had to type each paper individually and hand it out. Every single copy. Original. So that shut down my newspaper business after that first issue. That was it. Didn't do that. However, my creative juices have flowed ever since then. And as a middle school student, a few friends and I formed a baseball league using a board and spinner game called All-Star Baseball. It's the discs. Uh, we kept statistics, standings, we followed a schedule, and yes, we published a newsletter. Now, by then, I had access to my school's ditto machine. Remember that? It, it, it copied in blue, and it was able to give me like 50 copies at a time. Now, I got permission to do this, so I wasn't like hijacking the ditto machine. I think the teachers was glad we're doing something constructive in our free time, and they were actually kind of into this, too. And my budding publishing career, then after that, it, uh, it went dormant for a few decades, mainly because I was occupied with real life. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was in my 40s that another, another venture blossomed. I became the publisher of several regional editions of the Christian Times newspaper. Have you, you heard of that, Christian Times? It lasted for oh, about 10 years until newspapers faded into the sunset. I loved that creative thrill of publishing, uh, watching those papers come off the press each month, a new issue, going out to many California cities. And then a while after that, again, years, <laughs> uh, like over a decade, two decades, I took a stab at self-publishing. I published a sports book related to a business that I owned. And I learned the ropes of publishing Kindle, print, audiobook formats, and the thrill of the book arriving, once again, hot off the press, is something that still causes my heart to jump. So that was fun. And this book uh, continues to sell, much to my delight. And what I've learned over the years is that I'm a content creator. And in the midst of my book writing venture, I became conflicted. Uh, the concept of knowing Jesus started to rise to the surface and what God was showing me went against what I had learned and practiced since I was 16. And speaking of printing and speaking of publishing, uh, I have to go and mention, I've done this before, but three books in my life that have changed my trajectory, totally. One of them transformed my thinking about how to live the Christian life. Uh, Eric and I, we talked about that last week in, in our conversation and that book is called With, Reimagining the Way You Relate to God by a guy named Sky Jatani. And my friend Jeff handed me the book uh, several years ago. And it must be, I don't know, it's a decade ago. Uh, but he said it changed his life. So he gave me a copy. And it changed mine too. And I went on and did what he did. I bought several copies, started giving them away. And the bottom line in this book is this. We fall into a one of more, one of four traps in the way we relate to God. And these traps kill our spiritual vibrancy. They, they kill our spiritual health, our freshness, and they actually distance us from Jesus instead of drawing us to him. And Jatani makes a strong point that God wants us to enjoy a relationship with him, a relationship with God. And this simple concept really shook me up. 
the light went on for me. The Holy Spirit really worked in my spirit and in my mind and my heart. And I realized I had lived my Christian life as a, as a faith performer for God. And I wanted this new life with him. And immediately it shifted my thinking. I read the book several times. I couldn't get this simple yet deep principle out of my mind, the principle of with. Uh, Jeff and I, the, Jeff, the guy who gave me the book, we discussed it. Uh, I talked about it with my wife and coworkers, other friends. I read the book again, highlighting it this time. I tried to wrap my head around this new way of thinking. It was hard. It was hard because I had to unlearn the wrong ways I had related to God and learn the right way. After decades of this learned behavior of the wrong way, I found learning the new way nearly impossible. Even though I realized it and the light went on, applying it and changing, I found was really difficult. I kept falling back into my old ways. In the past, I'd feel guilty about that. I'd feel guilty because I knew I wasn't living for God like I, I thought he wanted me to be. Um, and frustration would come and go. This was the old me. If I couldn't get this right, whatever it was for God, I kept, I would keep doing for God and I wasn't satisfied and Christ seemed distant. I was lonely, even though people were around me and I couldn't express the tension inside me and I get angry a lot. And that was a poor expression of a vital quote unquote vital relationship with Jesus. And that was the old me. And imposter syndrome, otherwise known as hypocrisy, would weigh me down. And after decades of being a Christian, I thought, ah, John, why aren't you feeling and living out a vibrant life with Jesus? You are a hypocrite. You're an imposter. Well, that was the past. That was the past. But now that the Lord really revealed to me, and I had this, this tool, this one book, to uh, help me respond in a healthy way. It changed me. And knowing what I learned from Sky Jatani about a relationship with God, it started to trickle into my life. I mean, slowly, but it started to get in. And I made progress, thankfully, over the long term. You know, two steps forward, one step back. I, I started climbing out of my performance hole. And one thing that helped me was journalize, journaling. <laughs> Journalizing, yes. <laughs> I'm a journalizer. <laughs> Journaling helped. <laughs> so uh, also reading with a third time also made a difference. It started to really connect with my life, not just my mind, but my life. But my my approach to my time with the Lord was the biggest factor that changed my life. Uh, God gave me a, a simple set of, set of statements that I call my statement of faith. It's not about what I believe, but it's about who I want to become as a Christian. And for an entire year, I focused on this one statement. The first statement out of the, out of the gate on my statement of faith is this. My relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. My relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. I still feel a sense of relief when I read and say that sentence. It's like taking a, a deep breath and exhaling. 
And it's revolutionized my relationship with God. Focusing first on that relationship. Everything else that then comes into perspective. I, all of life cascades from a right relationship with God. And that relationship has to be my number one focus. I had it backwards for 40 years. I was doing things for Jesus and equating it to the health of our relationship. The Lord gave me two Bible verses to anchor my statement. That statement again, my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. And the first one was this from Deuteronomy 6, 5. Of all places, right? And it's this. It's going to be familiar. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. That's what life is all about. Loving God with my heart, with my soul, with my strength, not with my performance. My service for God is an outgrowth of my love relationship with him. And I spent weeks considering what it meant to love God. And it was an adventure. God and I, we grew in intimacy and we have been. Well, you couple that verse with another one that goes hand in hand with that statement that my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. It's this. And it it epitomizes a fully committed, loving relationship. And this is going to be familiar too. All right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You're saying, John, this is, this is new stuff? No, but, you know, it's got to go from the mind to the heart. And it hit me that the father gave his only son because he loved me so much. Jesus died for me because he overflowed with love for me. Praise the Lord. He took the initiative to move towards me when he went to the cross. He took that first step. And I picture God reaching out to me from heaven. And he does that. He welcomes me with loving, open arms. Jesus is all in with me. And I'm all in with him. And this new version of my relationship with God breathed life into me. I was like a kid. The newness of my relationship with Jesus came back. Every time I read my statement, it's fresh. This does not become old to me. My relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. Exhale. Relationship is a two-way street. And God gives all of himself to me, and I give all of myself to God. Not for God. And this is one tight relationship. I had a breakthrough, a breakthrough for an entire year. I kept coming back to that statement. I, I haven't shared it with that many people until recently. And, and now in this podcast, I guess that's uh, sharing it with a lot more people because it was personal. I don't want to go around just shouting it out there. This is between me and God, but now it's become part of my life. And when I wrote that statement down and I've been coming back to it for the last four years, I felt a sense of sacredness in the statement. I held it close to my heart. And maybe I wanted to test and experience it for a while to see if it played out in my life. And it has. It has. 
by making the statement that my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life, I was able to intentionally trust Jesus with the rest of my life. I still had the responsibilities <laughs> coming out of my ears, lots of them, but I shoved them aside in my mind every morning when I came back to my sacred statement, and I still do. I'm enjoying God. I feel relief, freedom, and joy. And after God really laid that statement, that truth on my heart and those scripture verses, uh, a little over a year later, I wrote the 30-day devotional called Your Life with God, 30 Days of Joy. And I poured out on paper what God was doing in my heart, hoping I could be a blessing to others. And that led to several other devotionals on faith, courage, rest, encouragement, prayer. I mentioned them earlier. They all center on Jesus and our relationship with him. I am anti-performance, and these devos take the reader to the heart of God, uh, to the feet of Jesus. And I can honestly say before you right now that I hunger for Jesus. I want to know him as Paul did. I've experienced a breakthrough. I want to bring other believers with me, and my vision is to help a lot of believers. In fact, I'd love to help a million believers know the Christ of the cross. I'm learning how to leave things in God's hands, and this I'm leaving in God's hands because it's not a performance. The performer in me wants to develop a strategic plan with vision, mission, and goals, but I won't do that. I'm trusting God to do the work. And I'd love just for you as an individual, really know the Christ of the cross, one person at a time. I'd like to help you and you and you. Yeah. Uh, I do have media experience in my broadcast career, and I think God was using my, my writing, radio, and other media skills to accomplish getting the word out about knowing the Christ of the cross. And he birthed fresh faith uh, 24-7, that ministry. He birthed this podcast, and he's given me multiple opportunities to share this exciting way of life on Christian radio and other podcasts and a lot of interviews. Uh, so, and I'm getting ready to publish a book about this because I want to put something tangible in your hands, the hands of others. I believe so much, and I've experienced so much over the years, the, the life-changing truth of knowing Christ. And I'll follow Jesus in this quest. I'll be there for him. I'll be here for the, the million or so who come along, but I won't let this venture overshadow my relationship with God, okay? So keep me accountable in that. Would you do that? If I talk about this too much, say, John, remember back uh, a few years ago or last year or whatever it might be that you said that you wouldn't get this into performance? Uh, well, well, I'm calling you out on that. Well, I will always spend time with Jesus. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if I do get all of line, I'll stop, especially if you call me on it. I'll regroup, start over again. For you, for you though, what is that test that God might be putting you through so you will jettison performance Christianity? What's that test? You see, we'll have those things that draw us back into performance and away from Jesus. We think we're moving towards God, but in reality, we're substituting service or obedience for relationship. And that's why I say hunger first 
You got to have that hunger for God. Then you'll put Jesus first from your heart. Like I said, my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life. So don't get ahead of God. Don't default to performance. I want you to hunger for Jesus. And if you're anything like me, you'll find that it's a long process. But every single step has been an incredible joy. It's been fun, an adventure. I'm communing with God like, ever, like, like never before. I have a long way to go to know Jesus like Paul did, but the journey is fulfilling and life-changing. Yeah, challenging, but the rewards and that closeness to Jesus is, is amazing. I learn new things every year. The Lord introduces me to people, help me go deeper, like uh, A.J. Sherrill and Bruce McNichol and Brian Russell. These people experience Christ to a degree I can only hope to. And the point is, though, that we have to be hungry learners and we have to be hungry for Jesus. And I invite you to come along. If you're hungry, satisfy the hunger by knowing Jesus. Know the Christ of the cross. Last episode, we talked about the layers of knowing. But no sense digging and getting to know Christ if the hunger isn't there. Know the Christ of the cross, the one who's been there since all eternity and who'll be here for all eternity. There's so much of him to know. My hunger, my quest is like Paul's, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Ooh, and then this next phrase, becoming like him in his death. Oh, I have to, I've got a long way to go. (laughs) Read that in Philippians 3. So where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? Maybe you've lost your appetite for God. You don't hunger for Jesus. Or maybe you do hunger for him, but it's not a passion. Whether you need to develop a hunger or satisfy your hunger for Jesus, I invite you to try something. And here it is. Make an appointment with God. Yep, an appointment. Give God at least an hour. Find it in your schedule. Somehow, some way, do it. <laughs> and then show up. And show up with an expectant heart. Isaiah 40, 31 says that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Are you tired of being spiritually tired? If so, wait on the Lord. <laughs> you say, oh, John, that sounds good, but not real helpful. Well, let me give you some insights uh, a friend once gave me. In fact, our, our small group talked about this the other night. And, you know, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? I just made that statement to wait on the Lord. What does it really mean? Does it mean to stop everything, to sit around, to do nothing? Well, sometimes yes, but not long term. You don't want to wait forever as a sitting, standing, doing nothing person. Jesus doesn't want that. Well, my friend said this. I love the way he defined waiting on the Lord. He says, waiting on the Lord means to obey, relax, and expect. (laughs) Obey, relax, and expect. You keep obeying God, but you relax. Instead of churning, then you expect him to do something. (laughs) Whatever he chooses. (laughs) But you're not in control. He is. But expect him. To do something. Have an expectant heart. Obey, relax, and expect. I think that's what it means to wait on the Lord. So in this appointment with God that I'm asking you to make and to show up for, relax in his presence. I do believe we need to stop regularly. 
Let God work in your heart to give you hunger for him. If it's not there, let him work in your heart during this time. Or if the hunger's there, what an opportunity to have him satisfy that hunger. Stop eating performance for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay? Stop looking for other places to satisfy a hunger that only God can fill. Whether you look to relationships, addictions, wealth, whatever. Turn away from those. Seek God. Wait on him. Journal in your appointment with God. That's important. Open your Bible. Maybe start with a few Psalms. Those are, that's where I go and I don't know where to go. I just go to a few Psalms and God softens my heart. So read a few Psalms slowly. You're not on a race. Uh, Open the book of John and get reacquainted with Jesus and his life. Get lost in it like you were there as you read the stories of his life. That's what you can do in this appointment with God (laughs) and relax in his presence and and wait on the Lord. Hunger. Back to hunger. It's the key to escaping the bondage of performance Christianity. That's the starting point. And begin by setting that appointment with God where you can wait on him. I know it's just the beginning, but you have to start somewhere. Uh, And at Fresh Faith 24-7, we have resources inside that make this a a continuous habit because this isn't a one and done. This is a change of life change of life. And I'd be happy to answer any questions I have about this whole topic of hunger, about waiting on the Lord, anything that has come to mind the Lord's laid on your heart during this time together. Let's talk about it. I want to hear about your journey. And it's so important. Hunger, waiting. Um, Go ahead and email me. I do read all my emails, okay? John at FreshFaith247.com. John at FreshFaith247.com. Easy to get a hold of me there. And I'll have a link in my show notes. Well, we talked about hunger. Um, Maybe you're full of me right now, and that's enough, right? (laughs) Next week, we're going to talk about thirsting. We're going to explore thirsting for God. So hunger and thirsting, you can tell we're going back to the basics. But man, I, I know you know the basics. I knew the basics for 40 years, but I wasn't living the basics. And we need to go there till it sinks into our heart and the Holy Spirit works in a mighty way. It's not us trying our hardest, but let's release ourselves to the Lord and allow the Spirit of God to work in our life. Well, let's bring fresh faith to life as we move into our featured guest interview. Uh, We can talk about escaping performance Christianity like I have But it's always good to hear the story of someone who has. And my guest, Mike Van Pelt, is that man in this episode. He was an ordinary guy serving in his church. And you'll hear how God revealed to him that something was missing in his relationship with the Lord and and how Mike responded in a healthy way. Mike hosts a podcast and a ministry he leads is called True Man. And the podcast is called the True Man Podcast. And I'll link to it in the show notes as well. God birthed his ministry in an interesting way, so I started off by asking Mike how it all began. So I was in a men's small group in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and one summer we decided we really need to formalize this group. What can we do to formalize it? Let's put a name around it. And I'm telling you, for a month, we shut down our small group in the middle of summer and dissected this thing, and the best thing we came up with was true man. Jesus Christ walk on earth as a true man. 
And so we named our group that. And when I started the podcast, I really couldn't come up with anything better. It incorporated so much. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't know how much it incorporated until I really started digging into my business and realizing, wow, this whole idea around true man is really deep, man. Well, it's a, you know, it's a great, not just for a a name because it's easy to remember true man. You you just remember it, but like you just said, the message behind it, (laughs) the message behind it is, is powerful. So I, I just appreciate that. And, Mm. uh, uh, listeners can listen to your podcast. It's called the true man podcast. Yeah. How tricky. About that? I know it was pretty ingenious. <laughs> no, that's, that's excellent. So Mike, I'm looking forward to digging in because you and I have talked a few times before we came on here in the past mm-hmm. uh, year, actually. Yeah. And I want to get into how you do help men, but can I just pull back a little bit? Because here at fresh faith, 24 seven, we talk about performance Christianity and how to, how to be free from that. You know, I thought I was the only one dealing with it. And then as I talk (laughs) with other people, especially men, they're Uh dealing with it too. And as you and I have been interacting and I I shared my story, you kind of nodded your head and you said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's kind of my story too. So for you, this, this thing of performance and performance Christianity, what is your story behind that? Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, so my wife and I, before we moved to a suburb just outside of Atlanta a, a little over a year ago, but we spent 14 years in in South Carolina. And when we lived there, um, and, and I know why we did, we, we were really, our children were young when we moved to South Carolina, they were one in three. And so we really wanted to get active in a church. And uh, so the funny story is we showed up at a church uh, over my wife's lunch hour one day and said, hey, we want to check this place out. And um, it was a little Lutheran church in Spartanburg. And I grew up in the Lutheran church. So um, the pastor was uh, incredibly nice. And they gave us a tour of the church and pretty much jumped in right away. And what he learned from me was that we had gone to some larger contemporary services. And that was something that particular church was trying to figure out. And so he asked me if I would be happy enough to uh, join them on the uh, uh, committee for contemporary service. And and that was my beginning of never saying no. <laughs> yeah. And How can so, you say no to a church activity, right? Well, right. And so, you know, it, it, it started rather innocently. Um, you know, I, I got involved and, and uh, continued to get involved. And it was a great way to meet people. And I love meeting people and networking and that type of thing. But it evolved over time uh, to the point where, you know, I spent um, a number of years on church council. I was on uh, all kinds of committees. I think I, you know, it gets to a point where you're like, wow, I know every nook and cranny of this, this church. And, you know, it didn't really hit me until one Sunday I found myself, uh, we used to have our contemporary worship in the, in the, gym, you know, cause it's more contemporary. <laughs> seems, like a, seems like a lot of churches do that, you know, okay. We're going to need you to pick your chairs up when you're done with the service. So, um, but I, I found myself sitting in the gym, just staring at the wall and there were watermarks on the wall. Cause we'd had constant problems with the roof. And I just remember thinking to myself, man, how are we going to fix that? And then my second thought was you have completely checked out the to what's going on really on a, on a Sunday morning worship 
just being concerned with everything going on. And I, I, I don't know that I thought about it at that point, but I knew that there was something stirring in me. Like I was not being fed and because the performance of doing job after job at the church, although it was great, uh, it just wasn't feeding me. And, but I didn't know why that was at the time. Were you, were you drying up spiritually? Did you notice that happening? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I, that that was happening as much as um, it became a job. And, and at that point, there were some things missing in my life. I'd gone back to school. I was trying to get complete my degree. I was doing tons of volunteer work in the community as well as the church. And I, I think I was searching at that point and not so much f- for my faith, although it felt like something wasn't right, you know? And it was like, my thought process was, well, if I'm doing all this work, why do I feel this way? And I actually went to the pastor and of course I was on his call committee, super, super dude. And I said, I got to take a break. I mean, I I just got to walk away. I, I can't, I'm not hearing you and I'm not hearing the word on Sunday morning. And um, so I got to take a break. And so we, we took a break. (laughs) And that took a lot of guts. It really did. Cause uh, you're the kind of guy who's not a quitter. Uh, You're, you're a doer, doer, doer. And, and so for you to say, take a break, you know, I'm a performer too. So when I hear that, if I say that I'm saying I quit. And I'm a performer and performers don't quit. So that, that was courageous for you to do that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny because I don't, I don't think about that particular incident as quitting. Um, I didn't think about it that way at the time. And I didn't, I don't think about it now. That's In good. Fact, I, but, and I think the reason that I don't was the ultimate result that came out of it, kind of this awakening around who God was, because I didn't fully grasp uh, the relationship that God was looking for from me. And I think that that was the way, and this is not a knock on the church, in my interpretation of my faith was that it was very hierarchical. And I think that that just comes from natural church settings. So when you go to church, the pastor's on the pulpit and he's standing above you and you're down in the pews and you know, I always thought, well, God's up here. I'm down here. I'm a sinner. Um, I say a prayer and I'm forgiven and we all move on. And there was this whole piece of relationship that just didn't exist for me. Hmm. I didn't know it was available um, until I got involved in men's small group. And yeah, so tell me how you do, how you made that discovery. What was the process from, <laughs> it was an accident. from what you just described yeah. to relationship with Christ? So, you know, it's interesting. Um, and God always has plans for us and that, that's what's amazing. So, you know, I, I was really going through a lot of my personal life. Um, I decided to, my wife and I decided it would be best if I was a stay at home dad for a while. So I took care of the kids. I completed my college degree. I hadn't completed that. And uh, when I tried to go 
back out in the workforce, I was met with a lot of like, well, we don't know what to do with the dude who was a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> and I was doing so much volunteer work and I was so involved in the church. I really grew to love the nonprofit community. And I looked at, well, what are, what are these nonprofit executive directors have that I don't have right now other than experience? And I thought, well, they, some of these people have advanced degrees. And so I got my uh, master's in public administration, which actually made the whole job thing that much worse because now people are like going, well, now it was almost like you're overeducated. We just really don't know what to do with you, you know? And um, it was, it was quite a bizarre set of circumstances. And at one point I'd met a couple of people and I decided, you know what, I'm going to try my luck at doing some business consulting, some business planning for people. And I happened to met a guy, um, uh, networking by the name of Paul Bailey. And Paul and I decided to have lunch together. And our first discussion at lunch centered around how many givers and takers there were at this business networking group we were at. And we thought, you know what? And we were talking, we talked about our Christianity and where we landed. And we thought, well, we could do this better. Let's start our own group. And I don't even know at what point it just happened really fast where we went from let's have a a networking group to no, let's have a men's small group. And uh, so we started, um, uh, you know, we just started our, our, a men's small group. And, you know, by doing that, he took me on a road trip to Charlotte because he had a buddy in a group there. So we hopped in a car at five in the morning and drove from Charlotte to from Spartanburg, South Carolina to Charlotte. And we happened to met a dear, dear man there who was one of these guys that's like truth seeker. He finds mm-hmm. people like Paul and I, and he latches on and he goes, Hey, I got this great place called the barn in uh, Indian Hill, uh, South Carolina. It's just over the border in Charlotte. And he became one of our mentors. And we started this down this whole small group thing. And thanks to, to, um, some of the folks that we met, we were introduced to some retreats and things like that. And the retreat actually is really where my awakening began. And uh, uh, so what was the key in that? Was it a, a Bible study? Was it uh, speakers? What was the setting? I, you know, the, the, the setting was uh, at that time, it was pre COVID. It was uh, March of 2019 and there were about 300 men there. Now, so I, listen, I grew up in the Lutheran church. We don't do stuff like that. Um, Having people yell amen over my shoulder. I was ducking (laughs) for cover, but listen, it was a tremendous experience because I mean, when you get in around a group of 300 men, and I'm not going to say they were all oriented, there were people looking and searching just like I was hopeful that they'd hear uh, God's voice at that thing. And and so, you know, it was a John Eldridge style uh, retreat because the guy that runs it was really a disciple of John Eldridge. And so there was a lot of talk around wounds and the true self and the false self. And all of this was really fairly new to me. But on Saturday morning, he walked in and he said, um, we're going to play three worship songs today. And I want you to think of these songs as hearing God's voice singing it to you. Um, and um, uh, they played a song by Josh Groban. Now, I know this isn't a very churchy song, but uh, the words to it are are very faith-filled. 
And so uh, Josh Groban had this song. I never heard it before called you are loved, never give up. And they started to play that song. And I literally almost fell to my knees because right. He said, think of it like God saying it to you. And when I'm hearing these words come out that you are loved, I mean, it just hit me in the heart. And uh, we were driving home from the retreat. We had to drop another guy off at a location. And Paul said to me, so Mike, what, what did you learn this weekend? And I just, I'm driving down the road and I just began to weep profusely. And I said, I had no idea God loved me like that. I had no idea. Didn't know it was available. All these yeah. years that you had been serving and uh, serving our Savior, and yet, wow, that, that's just, your your story is, is not uncommon yeah. because we can get into the performance mentality and do good things for the Lord in the church, in, in, in God's house. Yeah. And miss Jesus altogether. We like, I, I, I say that we overshoot Jesus, you know, we miss, <laughs> we miss, he's right in front of us. We overshoot him. And the, the couple of things that hit me as you were sharing there of what, how God really broke you and brought you dear to his heart is, is one, uh, you, you stopped, you know, a retreat setting, you just, you stopped and yeah. you got away, oh, you got, you, so you put life aside. And the second thing is you were with other men. Yeah. You weren't going this alone. And it seems like your service in the church before that was, was you and you and the church, you know, just yep. you doing these things, maybe, maybe with other uh, men and women as well, but not, uh, if you want to overcome this, we can't do it on our own. This isn't just a me and God thing. What I've since learned is that as men, we want more, <laughs> we just don't know how to ask for it. And, you know, if it's never been made available to you, I mean, you just, you don't know. You just don't know. And I actually circled out of that retreat into spring of 21, where I was able to go to their advance, which was even deeper than the first one. And it was absolutely fantastic. And I've since been to a couple of other retreats. And I'll tell you where this is probably headed for me. This is something that is on my radar screen, and I'm actually looking to partner with an organization so that we can uh, potentially do some of these John Eldridge type retreats because I think it's absolutely, it's so hard to pause in our lives. It's so hard to pause, so hard to stop and say, I'm just taking the weekend off. I'm going to go with a group of guys and we're, we're going to talk about God. But what I see happen in those retreats is that guys finally get to breathe. They finally get an opportunity to potentially hear the voice of God and heal from some of the stuff that they buried in their soul or that they're hiding. And um, I was just at a retreat three weeks ago and it was, it was absolutely fantastic. I'm going to give uh, our listeners uh, your contact information. It'll be in our show notes, how they can reach you. Because I know some guys are saying, I, I'm ready, Mike. I'm, I want to sign oh. up. And you, it's just it's just an idea in your mind right now. Well, but when the time is right. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> serious conversations being had because I'm talking with a group that actually does this. They actually have everything built out. It's It becomes a matter of, you know, putting it together. And I wouldn't be surprised, hint 
hint <laughs> if we get something done. Um, but you know, if we can get something done by next spring, um, I'm excited for that. And I may be doing some smaller stuff before then because I just recognize how big a deal it is. I mean, some of these guys, they get at retreats and it's like, I want to tell you I'm surprised, but I'm not anymore. It, you know, cause they, you know, Jesus, when he went away to pray, where'd he go? <laughs> went out in the woods, you mm-hmm. know, where's Jesus? I don't know. He's out praying in the woods, you know, that's <laughs> so, a good example for us. It is. We were built, we were built for that type of thing. And so, you know, having a desire for it, I mean, listen, I'm not crazy about, um, you know, my idea of a bad camping trip was a, a, a bad hotel, not staying in a cabin, but the end result and what you get out of it is so absolutely fabulous. That, well, let me ask you, uh, who is Mike Van Pelt now compared to who he was in 2019? What has this done for your life spiritually, <laughs> personally, family, yeah. just throw anything in there. Well, oh man. So Prior to that retreat, you would have never seen me sitting behind a microphone like this talking vulnerably or openly. Um, It just, it it wouldn't have happened. And, you know, I don't want to sit, I hate saying that, you know, I was wearing a mask for a while. Um, I didn't know, I didn't have an identity around myself. I had an identity of who I wanted to be, but I didn't. I didn't know my true self. And so I don't want to say, you know, I was one of these guys that went, oh, I'll fake it till I make it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just not a great way to live. That's a really small way to live, as a matter of fact. And, um, you know, so I, I don't, it, and it wasn't that I was a bad person. I just didn't know. I would hear, I remember hearing my pastor goes, say something like, you know, it's who's you belong to. And I'd be like, yeah, what is, I don't get it. What does that mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, okay. What, what is that some kind of code or something? <laughs> and, and um, I, but now I understand, it. Uh, you know, I feel whole and I feel that uh, I'm less likely to grip the wheel as hard as what I like to say, you know, um, white knuckle it around. I've put a lot of trust and faith starting this business, starting this podcast is, is me trusting God. And I got to tell you, I, every day I come up here to my office, (laughs) I don't want to say I never know what's going to happen, but I'll tell you it's every day is interesting. Um, you know, I'll get an email or I'll get a podcast request and, you know, somebody will send me a text message and I know God is in it Mm. every step of the way. So he's taking your life and uh, you get a chance to share what you've learned, uh, with other men. Oh Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, because when you start a business, everybody wants to measure things by numbers. And I always circle back to this, this idea of impact. In fact, before we got on this recording, I got a text. I had just released a podcast with, uh, that I did with a gentleman who was the best man at my wedding 26 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, he got into the problem of gambling. Um, you know, Back 26 years ago, online gambling was just fresh and new. 
And of course he won money the first time he ever played. And then he was sucked in and it got him in trouble, got him in big trouble, but he has a tremendous comeback story. And I said to him, we were talking when I was back home, I grew up in Iowa and, and uh, I was back home. He said, man, I just love what you're doing with the podcast. Could I come on and tell my story? And it really blew me away that he even asked. I said, I would love that Hmm. because you know, how do, how do I measure impact? How do I know that somebody that doesn't listen to that podcast about gambling doesn't, you know, make a change in their life that saves their family? And I don't mean that to sound dramatic, but it is that dramatic. Well, you know, there, I was listening to Dave Ramsey uh, show today and somebody was on who was addicted to gambling. He's uh, starting to go through treatment and uh, yeah. uh, groups and he was just broken. He was says, I, I'm, I'm broken and I don't know how to get out of this. And, uh, Dave tried to help him a little bit. And, um, Dave's daughter, uh, was on the show as well. Good. She's yeah. got a soft heart, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, they get, yeah, they work well wonderful. together, Yeah. but he said that, uh, online gambling is the second, uh, leading addiction behind pornography now. Yeah, I listen. Uh, I'm I'm not going to get this number right, but I want to say when I looked at it the other day, um, globally, gambling um, is about two uh, hundred and sixty eight billion dollar business. So it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And you know, it's it's like anything. And this is why under and I didn't fully understand this. This is why understanding what the battle is every day between good and evil. Why it's so important because, you know, gambling will um, do much, much more than steal your money. I mean, my buddy came dangerously close to losing his marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost a lot of money. Um, and, um, you know, but that's what the devil wants. He wants to take the head out. And, yep. you know, the even... <laughs> I know a lot of guys have, this is going to be controversial. I know a lot of guys like to play fantasy sports. Okay. Yep. And it sounds really um, innocent, but it is a huge business. It's a huge business in this country. In fact, you can't even turn on ESPN these days without something being sponsored by, I don't know, whatever these companies are. I don't draft King or whatever the heck they, they call themselves. And so they, they, they really rope you in. And, um, thank God, by the grace of God, my buddy was, was able to, you know, um, get away from it and, um, you know, has a tremendous comeback story, but not everybody has that because it is a choice, Yep. you know, like anything, any addiction, quite honestly, it's a choice. I mean, you can sit and spin or you can get help. And what I tell everybody is. I may not be the right person to help you, but you can call me anyway, because if I can't help you, we'll find somebody that can. That's good. And there are plenty of people out there and resources to help people with whatever your addiction is. Well, Mike, as we um, get, uh, we could, boy, we could go down this road. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go down a few roads here in tributaries. I sure appreciate your openness and honesty and and, Mm -hmm. uh, getting a lot out of this. And I hope our, our listeners are too. What's the best way to get a hold of you, Mike? Yeah. So send me an email at Mike at truemanlifecoaching.com. Or you can give me a call for that matter or send me a text at 864-266-2058. But um so Mike at truemanlifecoaching.com. Check out his website. Very, very informative, Mike. You set that up really well, and our listeners get a peek at uh 
what you're doing there and what you have to offer. And I thank you for really going deeper with men because this whole thing of performing for Christ is, it's got to go. And we need to be in a more intimate relationship with him. I love where the way you're heading with the small groups, the retreat setting, because uh, that could be the breakthrough moment for men who are listening today. God bless you. Take care. Thanks, John. Well, as we heard from Mike, and uh, I especially want to say, men, do you see how important it is to be part of a group of other men where you can be transparent? Now, women, you're so much better at this than us guys. <laughs> if you want to connect with Mike, I'll put his contact info in the show notes. Uh, knowing Christ and escaping the bondage of performance Christianity is not just a me and Jesus thing. And that's why I wanted to bring Mike on after I shared a lot about your personal time with the Lord. Spent a lot of time talking about that today, but both are necessary. It's the complete package. I know it's hard to overcome anything alone. And we just heard about that need for doing life with other believers. Victory over, over performance Christianity is no different than that. As I've shared in, in my own testimony, I lived for decades in the prison of performance, but now I'm free. And I started Fresh Faith 24-7 to help believers like you. And we have a community inside the membership where you can engage with like-minded believers who are walking this road too. And that is so important, like-minded believers. But there's even more than that. I'm available to coach you through the process of gaining freedom in your walk with Christ. Sure, I've created a, a ton of content for you in Fresh Faith 24-7. It, it's full of great content to, to get you into the Word and keep you focused on that relationship. We've also got community, but you have the one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. Uh, and members simply make an appointment through a link on my calendar. We meet by Zoom. We work through your path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. And as a member, you have unlimited access. All I ask is that you do your assignment before scheduling another coaching session. Yeah, I'm going to give you an assignment, each one of our coaching sessions, and you got to get it done. We're going to progress in this thing, okay? Now, if that sounds good and you need personal coaching, it's just one of the many benefits of Fresh Faith 24-7. I invite you to become a member. It's easy. You just go to freshfaith247.com and click uh, Become a Member. <laughs> Pretty obvious in the menu, freshfaith247.com. In this episode, we hit the topic of hunger pretty hard, didn't we? Uh, next time, as I said, it's about thirsting. I believe hungering and thirsting are two of the major motivators God uses for us to seek him. Hunger and thirst. So next time, it's all about thirsting. And after last night's game and yelling and screaming and almost losing my voice, I've got a cup of water here that I'm going to take a sip from because I'm really thirsting. I'll talk to you next time, okay?